Welcome back to Revealed in Ephesians, the mystery of who I am in Christ. My name is Brianna, and I'm here with my husband, Caleb, and we are starting back into um, week 10, day one, part two. And I think perhaps we can help our listeners today understand, too, um, if we just get fixated on ourselves and what we're not getting, um, or even like our own perspective, we're not really loving the other person. Because let's say um, each person has their own burden they're carrying in in ways that they've been drained throughout the day. And um, for for women out there, especially if you have young children, there are a lot of women that are either stay-at-home moms and they have young children, or even the difficulty of working outside the home and then coming home to young children and the demands of keeping up the house, keeping those, you know, the children not only alive, but nurturing them. And it's very, very, very draining. And at the end of the day for a woman, and she hasn't had an adult conversation all day, um, it can be, it can be like very hard to have anything left to give to her husband. A lot of times the husband has already spent his words. He doesn't need to talk. And then he needs the the physical affirmation, <laughs> the intimacy, but the woman feels completely empty and, um, and just needs to be filled up. And I think if both people, the problem happens when both people are pouring themselves out. So what would, what would a man, so I'm just, I gave a picture of what a woman's day would look like. What would a man's day look like that would make him feel drained? Um, hmm. I mean, I, I'm thinking through what you're talking about. I, yeah, and I don't want to make, you know, even our presentation or concept of our marriage overly rosy. Like there are the the difficult moments. There are the times when you're really exhausted. There are the conversations that don't automatically go well, or they're not graceful or grace filled, or you know, mm. um. You know, and there are times when it's not instantaneous to do the things we just talked about. It's right. it's not instantaneous to be like, you know, what we have to talk about this or mm-hmm. something like there. It's like, okay, well, we just irritated each other, and this conversation isn't going well, and so we need to take a bit of a break and let's talk about this later because. We know we love each other, but for whatever reason, in this moment, this is not, this seems like it's being less productive as it goes on rather than more productive. Um, but I think also the, the process of being discipled by God is, is learning. So I, I hope that I'm better now at having conversations at oh, the end of the day so much when, <laughs> you know, when that wasn't kind of the most natural or most easy thing. So it's not, it's, you know, so sometimes there's an aspect of, okay, I've learned that this is important. I've learned that this is important for us. And then again, as we talked about earlier, it turns out, oh, it's not a terrible thing after all. To have a conversation, right? So, uh, so we, we oh, enjoy good. it. So, yeah, <laughs> it turns it's out not terrible to, to be fun. To <laughs> um, you know, uh, even though you know. So, I don't know. I, I don't know if that gets to your 
question exactly. Well, my but, question is that, like, yeah, you're drained by the end of the day. Like, what? But I want women to understand because I think women are most likely going to be the ones listening to this, um, and and they know. Like, I've already listed. Like, these are the things, and this is how they feel by the time they their husband gets home from work, or they both get home from work if one if they both work. Um, and the man has a completely different set of needs than the woman and in a completely different set of like things bothering him or weighing on him. So what, what for the women to understand, like, what are some of the things that could be weighing or like drain a man? Like when, by the time he gets home and, and then they're both having needs. Well, I don't, you know, I, I think every marriage is different. Like in ours, you're kind of a night owl and I would rather wake up early. I'd rather <laughs> wake up early and, get started on the day and so so by evening i'm just exhausted you know uh, so some of it i think is just kind of practical yeah like okay can we you know if we start to notice a pattern can we just be smart about this and then go out to lunch you know or something or yeah. like can we can we meet up when you get after you know you're on your way home from work. Let's just meet for coffee when you get off of school before I'm exhausted. You know, so some of it's just practical. It's like, it's like, oh, my toddler is screaming and crying. Well, he doesn't need spanked. He needs a sandwich. Like, you know, like. like <laughs> oh, we just, learned that lesson after our first one. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, so just. Oh, dear. Yeah. Be, so some oh, of it is word. just use it. the brain God gave you. And then some of it is, you know, more complicated than that, or forgiveness, or um, I don't know. So I love, I love what you said. That you know, I don't think that we realized how practical it was until after many years. Like I think because when you go into marriage, you go into it with this idea that it's going to be this, like you said, blissful experience, and then you start to realize things about the other person that you didn't know because you you weren't living with them and you, you're you like in their space all the time and you see all the, you know, when you're dating, you get tired, you go home. You know, you can go home and deal with your grumpy self and give yourself a sandwich, right? Like Caleb said. But when you're not dating, you can't um, do all the the things that, you can't, when you're not dating and you're married, you can't get away necessarily. And so, um, so like just, I think for a lot of women out there and especially I, when you're needy, like, let's just talk, this may not sound super spiritual, like Caleb said, but it's just really practical. And the Bible is practical. I mean, the Bible is practical. That's why like God gives us this idea of submission and servanthood because we need it because in our weaknesses, when you're having a hard time and things just aren't like when that person just doesn't have anything to give you instead of just being demanding, like give to me what I want right now, they can't give it. Like that's like giving a toddler a spanking when they're hungry and they just need to be fed. Um, so the practicality is to be like, that person can't give that to me. I need to drop my expectations of what I'm expecting of them right then and there and um and have that grace-filled attitude 
And I love that, like Caleb said, like just adjusting. Cause, because I think we get, when we get really like my idea, because we go into marriage with these ideas of what we want it to be like. And when it's not that way, some people, including myself, like we've tried to force it and force it and force like this, this square into a round hole. It's not going to budge. And then we get really bitter and angry that that square isn't going to go into a round hole. And we just have to learn, like Caleb said, like adjusting so that we can have those, that time together when we need to have it together. And it's just simply practical and and also seeking to meet one another's needs. Um, on day 10 or week 10, day one, it's called the two will become one. And Ephesians 5, uh, 31 says, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his, his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. So so Paul's saying, like, he's taking an aside and saying, oh, this is really cool because Christ and the church are going to be united into one, but in marriage, you're united into one. Uh, however, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself the wife must respect her husband. So the oneness is so important in creating creating opportunities for both of you to live together and not just to live separate lives. I think some of the worst years of our marriage were when we were just living as passing ships in the night. It felt like business partners, like like we would just discuss maybe the money, the schedule, and we wouldn't have those those times of just relationship building and um, what are some of your favorite like you've described some things like coffee um some favorite things for oneness like to create this like create this unity in the marriage practical things i i love to go out because for me i'm just so easily distracted it's almost like anything at home is it's it's difficult for me to to not be distracted or think about what needs fixed or think about um so i i love just going out um to a restaurant or something because you're just forced to sit across from each other for 45 <laughs> minutes forced or an hour yeah i mean it's but it's it's a good it's a good thing it's like forcing yourself to get some exercise and then you're like that <laughs> it sounds was so unpleasant when you use the word forced <laughs> i think what like let me just clarify it's not unpleasant I yes know what please clarify for me <laughs> i know you're not saying like forced to talk to your wife i know what you mean so i know what you mean is that you're because so, caleb's such a hard worker and he's always got well this. i mean but it's not it's not different than the way i would force myself to do anything I may and maybe not everybody else is as easily distracted as I am yeah you're I distracted mean, easily. but but you know if I want to write a song I'll put myself in a situation where I have to do it or you know make an appointment that I have a meeting and I have this list of things I need to present at the meeting and these things need to be done by this point it's just it's just prior part of how I work um so maybe it's helpful for somebody. <laughs> <laughs> maybe for the for a man that's listening or for a woman. I I find that it's funny because we 
sometimes think of men and women, like we kind of put ter- different personality types into like male and female categories. And I've found that they're not that it's not that way. But um, there are females out there that are task oriented. I think you're task oriented. And so so it's good for you to think of it as a task and be like, OK, we're going to we're going to go out and then you can enjoy the relationship when you're there and and, and not be distracted by all of the other things in your to-do list because that's the thing in front of you. And then I had to learn to be like, okay, like that's okay if that's how he works. Like I don't, I can't change how Caleb works and I shouldn't even want to change how he works. God made him this way. And I should just learn to, to like, be like, yeah, all right, this is how it works. And that's the same way with the, the husband to the wife. It doesn't have to be, I mean, you don't have to go spend money to do it. So it can be like, hey, I'm going to walk the dog, come with me. Or right. I'm running to the grocery store, come with me. You know, so there's there's the whole range of sort of like less important mundane things and, you know, let's plan a trip and everything <laughs> in between. Yeah. That you can there is a way to make the best of moments though. There there is a way to sort of capture moments that are available. Right. And I and I think through COVID we also learned the importance of not just moments. Moments are very important and intentionality, I think what you're talking about, but also the importance of good old fashioned time. And the value is kind of like the slow cooker. I think for a woman, um, being able to have that time that's not rushed and to be able to have, and it's not always just long conversations, but it's like throughout the day, being able to have conversations. Um, you know, it's it's nice mm-hmm. to make time for one another. I think in our busy society, we need to continue to learn to make time for one another. I have a list on page 214 of Ideas for fostering oneness in the home. Number one, pray together. I think it's super important. And I know also as the um, spiritual authority, God has put the husband into leadership in the home. And so when the husband prays, um, there is a spiritual authority that comes with that, whether he's an experienced prayer warrior or not. The, there is authority and weight in his prayers. And um, if your husband is not a Christian, you can pray for him. And our um, when Caleb prays for me, I know like he'll kind of giggle sometimes. <laughs> you you kind of get excited. <laughs> you'll be like, this is so funny because I'll be like, Caleb, I really need you to pray for me about this. And occasionally you'll be like, oh, you do, do you? Like it's a, a bit amusing because <laughs> I'm a bit independent and... Um, you know, grounded in in the Lord, but it's it's a joy for me to have my husband pray for me. And um, I think, how much women would it, would your husband appreciate it if you you know put your hand on his shoulder or like prayed over him? Like he he carries so many burdens: the financial burdens, um, the the burdens. There's a lot of burdens that your husband carries that it would be so uplifting for him, don't you think? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, and one other thing I want to share here. Um, well, there's more, but there's a game that we we tried playing miserably when we were first married. It did not go over well, but now we're really good at it, and that's the What I Love About You game. 
Don't you think that provides some unity and oneness? Yeah. Yeah, that was hard at first. <laughs> Why was it hard? <laughs> I don't know. I think when you're not as much of a verbal person, I mean, I, I, I can talk, I suppose, but not. I don't have a podcast. I'm not a <laughs> professional talker like you. Caleb's a professional uh, piano player. That's right. <laughs> His fingers talk for him. Exactly. <laughs> um, it wa- it wasn't always easy for me to kind of put things in words, but it's a good skill to have and a good one to exercise um, if you can. Yes. So, um, so then the way that works is like we usually do it at birthday times, but you can do it on a date. Like, I mean, it's so uplifting. Because I think in marriage, a lot of times what we do is we start, we put, we're always like thinking of what could be improved or, um, oh, I wish they did this or they didn't pick up their socks or they didn't um, fold the laundry or they didn't whatever, whatever it might be. Uh, I wish they would have done those things I asked them to do. And we have these expectations that we always feel like aren't being met. But it's important to, I think, verbalize the positive things and affirm the other person. So to say like, what I love about you, um, you know, I could say like, oh, I love Caleb. I love your steadfastness. I love how you're so faithful. You're a hard worker. Um, you don't say rash, harsh things. Like you're, you're very careful about what you say. You're a great leader for our our children. Um, a great example for our sons and our daughter. And that's kind of how it would go. Um, where you focus on that person's strengths and, the more you do it, the the more that person's going to be built up. I think really hearing the things that um, that somebody loves about you is very uplifting. Yeah, it's good. And Caleb already mentioned walking the dog together or like exercising together. We started a few years ago exercising and like running together, although Caleb's much faster than me. So... <laughs> You're like making a face. Nobody can read your face on the podcast. (laughs) I wasn't meaning to make a face. (laughs) Okay, so just exercising together is good, whether it's walking together. Um, Our daughter just got engaged and to a wonderful young man, Will Dukes. Exciting. And one of the things that she's done is she's picked up golf because Will likes to golf and she wants to spend time with him. And even though she's not a golfer, she is really focused on learning how to golf. Um, so uh, also like you can read the whole list on page 214, worshiping together as a family. I put on here, um, non-sexual contact for women is very important, like back rubs, holding hands, hugs, and of course, sexual contact is very important for a man, especially for a man, but also for a woman. And so um, women, make sure you're not freezing your husband out. And this may sound terribly distasteful. Like if a woman, if your marriage is in like a cycle of arguments and brokenness, um, the last thing you want to do is to to do something like that, to be physically intimate with your spouse. But it's really, really, really important. And I believe that it is a huge uh, weapon in spiritual warfare against the enemy because it brings unity and it can bring healing um, in a marriage. 
And I always say this in my teachings, if you've been to any of my conferences and we talk about marriage, I like to say that um, the devil does everything he can to tempt you to be sexual with people outside of marriage. And then inside marriage, he does everything he can to like keep you apart because he knows that's, <laughs> he knows that's what God designed for marriage and for intimacy. And so whenever you have that Outside of marriage, he knows it's bonding you together with people that you aren't going to marry, or he's bringing, he knows the kind of baggage that it can bring into your life if you do that, because it's intended for oneness, it's intended for unity. But inside the marriage, he's like, no bueno, can't have that unity, can't have that oneness. So do you agree with that, Caleb? <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> sounds right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, and, and to close, <clears throat> let's close with talking about forgiveness really quickly, um, is that forgiveness is such an important part in marriage because it's really difficult to, to have that kind of intimacy or to even desire oneness in any way, like to spend time with some. Sometimes when we've had some difficult seasons of life, if I find out that like when I would find out you would not be able to be home for an evening, I'd be like, oh, good. We don't have to have an uncomfortable conversation or there won't have to, you know, it's that avoidance feeling. But when we learn to submit our hurts, our, our grudges, our disappointments, our expectations that are unmet to the Lord and to ask to ask him to help us to forgive and not just to help us, but we, we can forgive in the name and authority of Jesus Christ. It doesn't mean forgiveness come. Forgiveness does not come after feelings. Um, feelings don't come first. Forgiveness comes first and obedience to God in the power and authority of Jesus Christ. Um, when somebody's forget hurt you, when your feelings have been hurt, um, forgiveness is so, so important. What do you think? Yeah, I, that's of course right, um, but certainly one of the most difficult things. Um, it's just not, you know, I think part of Christian maturity is learning learning to do that because, you know, you're really hurting yourself when you live in unforgiveness. Um but it doesn't. It doesn't feel that way. It feels like you're hanging on to that thing because somehow it's hurting the other person, or mm -hmm. you know, it's like if I let go of this, then you know. But they owe me something. Um, but, but I mean, you're exactly right. Yeah. So forgiveness is the key to healing. And um, if you have a long list of things to forgive, you need to start. We really need to, um, and to wrap this up, to say that it all comes back to a life of prayer where we're taking our marriage before the Lord. You're not just trying to figure it out on your own. You're not just trying to like even reason with your spouse. You can reason and reason and reason, but if, if um, the Holy Spirit isn't working, if God isn't changing hearts, there's no way that any one person can change another person's heart. And what we can do is to submit our own hearts to the Lord and ask God to change us and to heal us so that we can be the spouse that God created us to be and to love that person um, in spite of 
their weaknesses and um, in spite of our weaknesses. But marriage is a joy. It's intended to be a joy. It was made by God to be uplifting and strengthening. And as we submit to God, that's when we're going to begin to experience that joy. Awesome. Thank you, Caleb, for joining Thanks for having me. For this podcast. Absolutely. And join us tomorrow for a week 10, day 2 of Revealed in Ephesians, the mystery of who I am in Christ.